Hey guys, Laura here. I wanted to invite you to my Authenticity Workshop on Friday, May 24th. The title of this workshop is Authentic Expression and Why It Will Make You Wealthy. And I use the word wealthy not specifically in the traditional sense, although that's true as well, but also holistically wealthy, um, leading to a life of joy, abundance, and expansion. Because when we learn to authentically express, there's nothing more powerful. And once we learn it, and we bring it to our nurse coaching practice, it echoes into over into every other area of our life. So come for this interactive workshop. It's 30 bucks. You need to register. Link will be in the bio. Thank you. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby both board-certified nurse coaches show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. All right, and welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with you guys. I have quite the treat. I am interviewing Sita, who is one of our year two master mentee clients. And I've been coaching her for, oh my gosh, I was her co-instructor. I coached her her first year and she was one of our six that joined us for a second year. So really at this point, Sita feels like not just a client, but a friend and in some weird way, a family member, maybe even. Um, and as we're recording this, she's flying in to my state in three days for her in-person retreat. So I'm staring at her on the screen right now. I'm so excited to see her. Um, but I want to introduce you to her so you get a, a more of an idea of who she is. So Sita offers deep transformational healing in partnership with Sacred Chocolate as a board-certified life and holistic nurse coach. Her healing journey, journey brought her from the cardiac ICU of Mount Sinai Hospital to the heart healing properties of sacred chocolate. She's been a student of this medicine for the last eight years and is leading the way of bringing sacred chocolate to the world of healthcare. Sita is expert at partnering with sacred chocolate to help her clients accelerate with falling back in love with life. And as I read that about you, Sita, I am struck by how far you've come in like really stepping into your role with this medicine and you've always operated at such a high, high level of integrity that at some points your integrity has been stuff we had to coach around just because we wanted you to feel safe and feel good about using this medicine in private practice. So before we launch into that beautiful story about how you got involved with it right now, what do you love most about private practice? Thank you, Laura, for having me and for that intro. Um, I'm also in awe with how far I've come. Um, yeah. From the beginning of meeting Chocolate eight years ago and the ins and outs of where I've been with that medicine and to finally receive um, the support and the mentorship from you. And it's really been like that final tick that I needed to really feel good about sharing this medicine from, from a place of integrity. So thank you for having me. And it's yeah. just been really fun um, to be with you for the last over two years, yeah. two and a half years. Um, yeah. Private practice. Um, I recall on my nurse coach collective interview with Heather um, really searching. I've always envisioned myself in private practice um, at some point I was even considering leaving nursing for a second time. Yeah. And, um, I remember envisioning myself as an 80 year old woman and what would I be doing? Where would I be living? Who would I be serving? And it was always in private practice, working with small groups or one-on-one -on -one and offering deep transformative work. I thought I would even maybe go back and get my master's and become a therapist and um, I kept hearing about, you know, it was nurse coaching. My best and biggest transformations in life had been with life coaches. Um, I, I paid for my first life coach when I was 24. And um, I'd always gotten the most out of coaching. And therapy was an, its own um, entity where I really needed, at times, therapy. And it's a whole different approach. Um, but I've always had the most fun. And 
really craves for um, something similar, the ability to offer and the skills to do deep transformative work with clients one-on-one. So I remember on my first interview call with uh, Heather, you know, it was just everything that I was hoping for because I was kind of skeptical about, you know, coaching versus therapy. You know, everybody is becoming a coach these days. Everyone can be a coach these days. And I really wanted to make sure I um, received like the best training to be able to actually take people really far and deep. And I saw the the limitations that therapy also had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, from that first call, I just remember, I think probably every call ends in tears um, <laughs> in and it just felt like, okay, this is it. And, you know, I kicked myself cause I was sitting with that dis- indecision for at least over a year and, um, I was looking at therapy programs and, you know, I figured, well, what the heck, this will at least be a stepping stone if it's not it for me. Um, so private practice, I, I love it. I've always envisioned myself in private practice. Um, the ability to practice autonomously and really create our reality from day to day. So it's a lot of, you know, mindset work. It's, it's dynamic for me. I always knew I would with any area of nursing, I would, I would go to a new area and I had a tendency to get bored after a while. Yeah. And I knew, you know, if I really wanted to be in private practice, I would need to keep it dynamic, keep it alive, do my own work, my own inner healing and my mindset work to really keep it alive and transformative and um, not just become robotic about it. Um, right. So, yeah, what I love about private practice is that it really – allows me to practice autonomously and show up um, 100% and make sure I'm doing my own inner work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Gosh, so many things that what you just said is are things I haven't thought about because not even just in nursing, but in life, like every time I was at a job and then I learned every aspect of my job, whenever I was complete with learning, then there was a sense of dread. Mm-hmm. Because, right? Because it's like, well, what am I going to work? I'm not going to just go to work for money. Like, that's terrible. Like, if I'm not growing, I'm dying. Like, that was, I think, and with coaching, you have to grow. Like, and your practice can grow with you. And I love that that you made that connection right now. Because I think a lot of nurses can see themselves in your words, especially when we find ourselves switching specialty to specialty to unit to, to shifts, like trying to find this edge where we're, we're re-inspired. And yet in private practice, um, we're constantly reinventing our practice ourselves, changing the clients we work with. And that's what I've seen you do too. You know, we've, we've done different niches and different things. And I think that now in, in where you are in your journey, bringing in uh, cacao and having that or uh, that amazing origin story of how you were brought there I feel like for you we're coming full circle like we had to get you really ready um to like incorporate this in in a way that felt really good and right for you um but you're right it's it's always changing and evolving and if we get bored we just recreate ourselves our practice and our clients um, so that leads into my next question, which I know your story, your story is incredible. So I'm getting ready to, to hear it probably for the third time. But how did you first even come to plant medicine and cacao and your time in, in Guatemala? Like it's such a hero's journey. <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I had to have like a real kick in the butt by the universe to get me to budge (laughs) from the life I really worked hard to create. And I wasn't, I knew I wasn't happy in it. You know, I had gone, you know, straight from nursing school into nursing, um, got married young, moved to New York City, worked at Mount Sinai, um, finally got myself into the cardiac ICU. And kind of with that you know, each step along the way kind of had that dreading feeling of like, I just finished nursing school. Is this, is this really what I want to get into? Like, is this it? And then getting into cardiac ICU and, you know, after you're, you know, even just a year, I'm just like, okay, is this really it? And along the way, I, I knew nursing was a noble profession. And yes, there's the moral dilemmas that happen when we're 
passing meds that we would never take ourselves and and we see the frequent flyers and just knowing that on a logical level nursing you know I knew I was doing good work but I couldn't really feel it and um, that is when I hired my first life coach and God bless her she really uh, pointed out and held such powerful space for me to see that you know, I created a life that felt out of integrity. And at the same time, I was so resistant and not changing a thing because everything else outside of that bubble that I worked so hard to create just felt really scary and untethered. So I worked with her for a long time on how to try to find my purpose and what I'm doing and work with the mindset rather than like changing a lot of my external reality. And that was amazing and helpful, but it did only take me so far. And it wasn't until I started coming down with a lot of autoimmune type symptoms that doctors couldn't diagnose and old injuries flaring up and suddenly a herniated disc that was giving me a lot of back pain that, um, and, and life around me had to fall apart. You know, my marriage fell apart. Um, you know, it all hit me at once. I remember just being at the bedside like one July afternoon and my nurse manager had to pull me aside and ask me, are you okay? Everyone's getting a little worried about you. Mm. Um, you seem really more stressed out by things you normally wouldn't be stressed by. And yeah, I just remember um, breaking down in tears because that morning in that state of half awake, half asleep, I had this voice kind of speaking out to me um, that didn't really seem like it's coming from within. within. It was just telling me, go. Mm. Specifically, go west, which I thought was interesting. And here I am in California eventually. <laughs> um, and I didn't have the courage to make these arrangements. I had to wait for my health to fail, for my um, marriage to fall apart, for my manager to finally pull me aside and offer me a leave of absence, which turned into a permanent leave of absence. And um, I, I bought my roommate's car, packed everything I could in, in that car and headed to um, where I grew up in Florida to kind of be just around community and reconnecting with what it's like to be cared for while I was um, having to do some pretty, um, a lot of soul searching and also taking care of my health. And um, finally, when I got a little better, you know, I, I kept having this tug of like, you know, I've, I've, this is it. You know, I, I've been craving the freedom to be able to either travel or find myself. I, I had become a robot to myself since putting myself on the back burner since nursing school. And just to get through one exam after the other, to one job, to one shift, to one step in front of the other. And I became a robot and I really had no idea who I was, what I even liked. Um, and... Yeah, it was actually just a group of sisters um, kind of coming back to community that helped support me. Um, we actually did a book circle. This is a uh, shout out to Rachel Dick Planka on The Artist Way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was just yeah, such a beautiful experience on finding finding my creativity and, and, and connecting with that because creativity was like so shut down. Like you asked me to paint anything or do anything – I'm just like, I'm good with numbers and saving people's lives, but don't ask me anything about, you know, art and my own ability to be creative. So somehow through a process of the artist way and introspection and journaling and as well with my coach still working with her, um, you know, I had this tug to travel and, you know, I had some savings and I always thought I would go to Asia, but it felt really far away from how I was feeling physically. I was still recovering and, um, I knew the only thing I knew about myself that I liked, you know, when we think about following our joy, uh, and, and, you know, it's like following the breadcrumbs. I, I wouldn't, wasn't sure where it would, would take me, but, um, I decided for once in my life to follow the breadcrumbs of joy, even though that was really shut down for a while. I was really shut down to the idea, idea of joy. All I was doing was working, um, and just living the life and, I wasn't loving it. So I kind of said goodbye to loving life a long time before that. And so all I knew was that I liked coffee. <laughs> I 
I liked coffee for whatever random reason. I'm like, okay, I don't know what my favorite color is. I don't even know what I want to have for dinner sometimes, but I really <laughs> like coffee. And I, ironically, at the time I, I was detoxing, you know, I um, couldn't even drink coffee. But when I started dreaming of like this cafe and like visiting the origin of where coffees are grown and how to bring back the story of coffee to people. You know, we, American runs on coffee uh, and and but we don't really understand or tune into where this coffee comes from what are the flavor profiles what are the notes and I decided just to go on a whim go to Guatemala to study coffee mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine I, I kind of asked like is there anywhere on this side of the world where I can be in community there might be yoga I can study coffee and have access to good quality produce and take care of my body and just kind of rest. And a friend of mine told me I know just the place. It's Lake Atitlan in Guatemala um, in this little village called San Marcos. Go there. And I, I didn't ask any other questions. I just, okay, she's, there's seven villages around. She didn't say any of the other villages. Just go there. So I just did what she said. And <laughs> I... It, it was, I wasn't sure exactly why it was there. And it was in my uh, studying coffee that led me to chocolate. Um, every coffee roaster along the way and coffee educator along the way um, would hear my life story and what I was going through and that I was a nurse that left the bedside. And I'm here in this, you know, small village in the middle of nowhere to study coffee Um, and I was really on my eat, pray, love journey at that time for sure. And, um, yeah, you know, they kept saying, you know, there's something that you might want to check out with chocolate, with cacao. Um, I didn't really exactly know why or why it was kept, you know, being told that I, I found out that coffee and chocolate grow side by side and that they're often found in the same ecosystem and that, um, and they're very the process very similarly too, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it was chocolate that introduced. I mean it was coffee that introduced me to chocolate, mm-hmm. and I finally decided to you know listen to what everybody was talking about with chocolate. I, I kept hearing of these chocolate ceremonies, and they intrigued me. And um, chocolate is known. Um, by the Mayans, Aztecs, and Toltecs of Guatemala, um, and indigenous communities from centuries before as a a heart-healing medicine, that um, every plant has a spirit associated with it. Corn has a corn god, and, you know, chocolate has a goddess that's associated with it, and she's here to help us tune into our heart. And... um, something terrified me and intrigued me about these uh, cacao ceremonies that I was hearing about these circles to, to drink chocolate. And, you know, it seemed like a great place to continue what I was already working with, um, with my coach. And, um, you know, when I went to my first ceremony, the teacher that I still work with to this day just had the most intuitively craziest things that I needed to hear. It's just like, he knew me. And it was in that first ceremony that, you know, I had been working with my coach for a long time um, to really work somatically with my chronic back pain. And I had no trouble um, diving into what, you know, into pain, um, what it felt like, what it reminded me of, what, you know, um, how dense it was and the somatic practices around pain. And I had no trouble going into that. And I would go through these like gut-wrenching processes with her and clear a lot of that. And as soon as she would invite me to just bring in a little light or love or appreciation into that spot, I would just shut down. And that kind of went on for a while with her. And mm. I just didn't I like this idea of love or happiness, or whatever. It was still, you know, I don't know, maybe it was the New Yorker in me. Maybe it was too <laughs> cynical. Um, it was still this is lofty, um, airy fairy kind of idea yeah shut down to that idea for so long um but it was in that first ceremony that I I I 
you know, I, it was a platform to continue that somatic work I've done just to really be with it, the energetics of pain. And finally, like, it was just so easy to bring in some love and appreciation after clearing so much of it. And I, I was hooked. I mean, it was that first taste of like true, deep, universal love as well as self-love and appreciation. And I could, and it just felt so supported by the community around me and I could just feel their love. Um, so yeah, I mean, I ended up staying for, I thought it was a month, uh, visit I would be making to Guatemala and ended up being four months. And then my, you know, next year was seven months. And over the course of three years, I ended up spending the majority of three years there, Mm -hmm. Um, really just drinking this medicine every day, seeing where it would take me, following the breadcrumbs, uh, awakening my joy and self-love and like falling back in love with life Mm. um so yeah I know it's kind of a long story but um yeah that's sort of it in a nutshell um I could definitely on my bucket list that you know I could write about my first year of chocolate and it'd be a pretty wild story I bet yeah um tell me about your teacher Mm -hmm. and that that I think that is one of those synchronistic, magical, metaphysical, spiritual moments in life that we just don't get a lot of those. And would you share with our listeners when that happened and what you thought of it and in light of where you are right now? Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. So uh, one of my teachers, um, the first teacher I met, um, I was definitely envisioning it would be kind of walking into an indigenous-led cacao ceremony, and I was a little shocked to see that there was this this sixty-year-old, um, really loving Willy Wonka of chocolate, this this hippie with a long beard named Keith Wilson. Um, <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, just putting judgments aside, I'll just kind of hang here and just be open to what I'm hearing him speak and just shelve the rest and I'll make sense of it later. And um, my partner says he's met Keith and he just looks like a giant cacao pod. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of become a cacao pod. And um, yeah, I was in my first meeting you know, he said something to me that I didn't even really want to hear at the time. Um, he was receiving messages from the spirit of chocolate. And, you know, he looked at me and he said, oh, you have a special relationship with coffee. Um, you and coffee have a lot of fun. And, you know, coffee's led you here. And I was like, yeah, totally. That That makes total sense. And he said, you know, there's you know, you heal with your hands and, and your words. And um, the chocolate spirit is saying that uh, you're able to put things in a way where other doctors and healthcare practitioners can understand. And he, he found out I was a nurse. I think I'd already mentioned that I was a nurse. And he's like, you're able to bring this medicine out in a, in a way that people can understand and, and put it in terms that they can comprehend. Mm-hmm. And you'll have um, doctors sending you their patients that they don't know what to do with, but you'll know what to do with them. Mm. And yeah, receiving that was kind of a shock. And at the same time, I kind of made an agreement with myself that I was just going to put aside nursing for a good while. And, you know, by the time I left New York, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a nurse, you know, I was trying to give myself freedom to see if there's anything else I'd rather be doing with life. Um, Mm -hmm rather than being a nurse. So at that time of hearing it, I just wasn't ready. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's, I can see that. And um, I'm just going to put it aside for a while. And, you know, when it makes sense, it makes sense. And, um, you know, I, interestingly, you know, after my times in Guatemala would come to an end, you know, I would you know, really be excited to come to the States and share chocolate with my family and friends and hold little circles and ceremonies. And I thought maybe I would be, you know, if I were following my heart, it would be this chocolate trail, um, offering ceremonies, sharing it, workshops, that sort of thing. And the timing, you know, there was a lot 
that I was going through when, um, yeah, I just wasn't ready mentally or in believing in my ability to work with chocolate. I was such a newbie. And I was also relying on following my love to support me financially. And, you know, already I can see where that was sort of out of integrity. It's sort of like holding your dream hostage to like take care of me and like pay bills now and just out of integrity. So I decided, you know, I, I made an agreement with myself. I wouldn't go back to the bedside until it felt like I really wanted to um, be a nurse. And I kept having these dreams about bridging spirit back into the health uh, care system. And I didn't know what that meant. And, you know, I, I sat for a while trying to figure out, am I supposed to go back to the bedside? And, um, you know, I was having a lot of PTSD that I was actually working through with my therapist about the idea of going back to the bedside. I remember driving to interviews, feeling this anxiety that I was like, this is a weird anxiety. Like why, you know, this is familiar. I remember feeling this for years whenever I would go take the, um, the four, five, and six to Mount Sinai, the subway, and like the same kind of anxiety of like, you know, my people's lives are in my hands, and therefore life is just very fragile. And even though I was an expert, not a novice nurse by then, I still had this underlying fear, and yeah. I had to work through a lot of that and really rewrite my story with nursing so that I can go back to the bedside and write and. And, and transform its, my relationship with nursing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that w- work was worth every minute. It's really um, proven to me that I can really change my relationship with anything in life. And even on a somatic level, because at first I felt like everything I'm, I'm being told is leading me to do this, yet somatically I'm feeling everything but the opposite. And, yeah. you know, do I, what do I listen to? You know, my body or... Um, you know, this other deeper knowing that I have and, you know, with uh, somatic work, just being able to really retrain the body's response to trust that it's safe to be at the bedside. Um, Mm. So, yeah, my coming back to the bedside has just been really um, special as far as bringing myself, my spirit and who I am. Sometimes, I remember donning scrubs would kind of feel like suddenly I became this anonymous cog in the wheel Mm -hmm. and really learning to just break through all those little uh, beliefs that I can't just be myself. And in following who I was and myself, you know, I would definitely start speaking more about energy work to my patients. Um, Definitely start, you know, showing up to work as being like the, you know, the endearing hippie of the unit um, and from New Yorker to like hippie and, um, yeah. And, you know, eventually, you know, bridging spirit into healthcare field, I, that had been just a, a, an ongoing question and conversation and a daily prayer. I would sit in my car and meditate what that meant and really just try to embody that. And that really led me to, you know, nurse coaching and full circle. I, you know, I kind of put cacao aside for a while when I decided to go back to the bedside and you had to remind me that in our one of our um interview calls I did mention well I do have this medicine that I would like to incorporate into nurse coaching practice but it wasn't my focus for Mm -hmm. um for when I was getting started I, I just wanted to be a really good coach and I just really wanted to trust in my ability to bring people into changing their lives and falling back in life in love with lives with or without other shiny metal objects, whether that's cacao or other ways to do that. Cause I yeah. could trust in people's ability to guide themselves in that way. And I just wanted to facilitate that. So I, I kind of, you know, put a pause on chocolate for years and it's just been sometimes on, on the calls I have with my clients, um, just kept getting nudges and kicks to get me on a call with this person's so the chocolate spirit or like the, this person would just benefit so much by accelerating this process with chocolate, uh, especially when it comes to self-love and um, a lot of childhood wounding that's happened and a lot of healing and helping people fall back in love with life, like life again. And yeah. 
I couldn't ignore those urges and the nudge um, anymore. So I finally, you know, mid container finally would just tell my client, Hey, this is going to sound out of left field. I have chocolate. I would have to give them the whole rundown. I feel like I need to send you some and let's see what, where this takes us. And it was, has been pretty amazing to see where and how fast men have been able to open up and trust their feelings and vulnerability where people who are afraid of being seen when they're about to launch a big project, um, finding out that they're not able to do so because they're afraid that what their family members are going to say due to some childhood wounding that we're able to go back there with chocolate yeah. and bring some self soothing to that younger version of oneself to be able to be seen and ask for what they need and make new agreements with their family members. So, you know, chocolate's just been a real ex- accelerator. And then, you know, it's still, I mean, this is a long answer to your question. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been still, and even in the last few months, um, you know, I shared cacao with other nurses for the first time. Yeah, that was in, incredible. Yeah, in our Idaho retreat last year. Yeah. Last year. And yeah, it was just a handful of us. And it was really deep, really powerful, also very brief. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of went away from that experience thinking, huh, that was the first time I really was able to show exactly who I was as um, and bringing spirit in front of nurses. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I, I really felt like I finally bridged that you know, became that bridge to spirit and healthcare and really allowed myself to be seen fully. Um, there's always this amount of hesitation, you know, at the hospital and not really letting people in as much, you know, is an ongoing practice. But I finally, for the first time, felt like I, I made that bridge. And yeah, following the, you know, the chocolate trail that's just been, you know, has led me to being invited to share chocolate with 26 nurses at our last retreat with Laura and Shelby. Um, And being able to see the power of chocolate um, to people who are naive to plant medicines and, and how far and powerfully deep they can go. It's just amazing to see the power of the chocolate. Yeah. And Sita, I want to just stop there because we had one for the listeners. We had one male nurse coach who was our client come to a retreat of 26 and Sita was coming to facilitate a chocolate ceremony. And my husband came for part of it. And so my husband came the morning of Sita ceremony and my husband's met Sita a few times. And, um, I couldn't drop in cause I was looking, I had deliveries coming. So I was kind of observing. I wasn't, I was trying to participate, but I really had my thoughts other places. And I just watched my husband ball, like just, and I, it's one eleven my time as I'm saying this. So mm-hmm. again, I always get these spiritual nudges. Like I just saw him ball and melt and like, not just him, other people, but I was sitting across from him and I'm like, that couldn't have happened as fast as it did in a setting with 26 people without that beautiful medicine and the way that you are able to bring it in. Cause it's not just the cup of chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so much more than just the cup of chocolate. It's not like a pill. It's the way that it, it's intentionally used as a tool. Um, that was the first time that I really saw what was possible, not only for you in your coaching practice and the impact that you can have, um, but the impact that cacao can have on nurse coaching and human beings in general. Yeah. 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 I'm, I was still in awe of what was able to be created in that circle in that space and to yeah. see how deep people were willing, able to go and how much faster they were able to go there with this. Right. Stuff. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you use the word accelerator mm-hmm. and I love that word because as coaches, we accelerate transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually, and, and that's what you really wanted to focus on without cacao. Like you really wanted to focus on your ability to accelerate transformation without it. And I understand it a little better now of why you kind of wanted to do that first and build that foundation. And then there was a point where you're like, okay, let's add some nitro to this. <laughs> let's add some nitro to like, if we're going to do this, let's go for it. Right. Right. And just using it as an accelerator. And, um, 
I mean, what, besides what we've just described, what other roles do you think that cacao could be at a bigger scale and not just nurse coaching, but in healthcare? Mm, yeah. Yeah. To first kind of let our listeners know what chocolate is and what cacao yeah. is, I, I didn't really get a chance to um, really introduce um, cacao. Um, you know, chocolate itself has been used for centuries for heart healing um, on a spiritual and emotional level. Um, it's been used to help us connect with our heart space, with the hearts of our loved ones. No wonder, you know, we give chocolates away for Valentine's Day. Chocolate was used in marriage ceremonies um, with the Mayas and also connecting to um, nature spirits and are receiving messages from our higher selves. And that's how it has been used in tradition before it was um, taken to Europe and, be, and became a, a yummy dessert. Um, physiologically, there's a lot of physical uh, components of chocolate itself that also lines up with the spiritual and emotional healing that we receive. Chocolate, uh, cacao in general is just raw, um, unprocessed chocolate. So before it becomes a dessert, um, it's grown on a tree, it's a fruit, it's fermented, it's uh, cracked and it's roasted, it's cracked and um, ground into a paste. And um, the chocolate that um, there's so many different chocolates out there, so many different qualities of chocolate that you can find at the health food store. And the, ch the chocolate that makes a ceremonial grade chocolate conducive for spiritual healing is a very specific variety. Um, there's a lot of debate. You might see lots of chocolate, uh, ceremonial grade chocolate um, popping up on your news feed as soon as you start tuning into it. And it's debatable what makes a ceremonial grade chocolate. Mm -hmm. I find this chocolate um, that I work with is the most consistent. I've been able to find both my teachers have provide that. And it doesn't make you feel too jittery. There's not, there's a low caffeine content, very low, almost minimal or not detectable. It's theobromine um, as the, as the heart opening component to chocolate um, that you find. And that gives you a lot of the um, caffeine stimulates your your brain and theobromine st stimulates your cardiac receptors. Mm. Um, and there's a phenylalanine cacao um, tryptophan that makes you feel like you're falling in love. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of precursors to serotonin and dopamine yeah. um, that help you uh, come into a relaxed state. And there's a high, there's, it's one of the highest food sources of magnesium. So magnesium helps relax you. Um, the opening of serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin as well. There's a lot of precursors that um, create those um, those neurotransmitters allow for opening and, and falling in love. And um, chocolate, there's lots of studies nowadays of, on how chocolate helps stimulate creativity and better test taking. And I hear stories of people better able to write multiple storylines for multiple books when they're drinking chocolate because their creativity and their state of almost like this theta-like state that it helps induce is being accessed. So it gets us out of our brains and into our, into our logical brains, into our creative brains. Yeah. It gets us out of our heads, down into our heart. Um, Are you bringing some in a few days? <laughs> yeah, I just want to check in selfishly. Yeah. I'm like hearing you say this. I'm like, and I haven't unpacked mine yet, and I need you to bring some. Yes, <laughs> yes, I will be bringing chocolate. I, I, I would love to share. I will be sharing. <laughs> we'll be dosing ourselves all week. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So there's so much ongoing research. Just tons of com um, chemical compounds of chocolate that have yet to be researched. Um, there's, um, amino acids in it that have been coined anandamide, which is kind of ironic because ananda means bliss. So it's bliss chemicals. Um, mm. cacao, uh, works on the endocannabinoid system without having to have THC or CBD, um, in smaller amounts. And it's just this amazing superfood. Um, you know, it's theobromine. They said it's food of the gods. It's been the, the Maya's state that it was stolen from heaven to come down here on earth to, you know, help us humans out. And 
the amount of research that's com- becoming available is pretty amazing. It helps reduce um, blood pressure, increase cardiac output. There's uh, a lot of mouse studies on insulin sensitivity and a couple human studies on, on how it helps with insulin resistance. And everything from Alzheimer's as well, um, decalcifying our brain and so that we, we don't develop the plaques of Alzheimer's. There's lots of ongoing research on that. So cacao is already entering the medical system. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a food source. It's not a pharmaceutical. So um, the research is limited in that amount, but there are ongoing studies. And it is just a matter of time that doctors, you know, they've already been prescribing two squares of dark chocolate for heart health. And, you know, more and more, you know, I envision a future where there will be more evidence-based practice where we can just write a prescription for, you know, 1.5 grams of chocolate three times a week. Yeah. Um, and I envision that. And, you know, I'm, and I can't wait till down the road where we get to create our own studies and conduct research mm-hmm. and, you know, the effects, the physical effects, as well as problem solving abilities and, and, and bits and pieces are out there. So I definitely see more and more of a future. It's happening. Um, people are just becoming more awakened and aware of it. Um, there's more and more chocolate out there. My teacher predicts that one day Starbucks will be serving chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that definitely raises a lot of questions and you know, the <laughs> integrity of how that will be. And could the spirit of chocolate be intact in right. such, you know, in present in such a arrangement, but I'm definitely striving to bring in um, the superfood as well as uh, chocolate that still is intact with the spirit of chocolate into yeah. the mugs of healthcare professionals and and see if we can just heal our hearts and fall back in love with our purpose and our lives and um, who we are um, when we tune into this other knowing that we have that's in our heart. Mm. Oh, gosh, it is. Before we go to the next question, I just want to reflect what I heard you say, which is super interesting, is that you know, in functional medicine, we use 5-HTP, the building blocks of serotonin to help. And I know for me, it just changed my life. And I can dose, I can up my dose during more stressful times or lower my dose if I'm fine. And it's just this way of using a supplement or a non-pharmaceutical to treat some things going on with me. And when you put it in the way of all those components that are precursors to three different neurotransmitters that make you feel really good, And then you pair it with ceremony, which then drops you into your nervous system out of fight or flight, which probably allows the body to assemble some of those components into those neurotransmitters, where if you were in ceremony, if you were just drinking a cup of hot cacao in a rush, in rush hour, that your body might not take those and and make those neurotransmitters because you're not really able to, to relax and create them, which is why ceremony and coaching together is so synergistic. Um, I know that you have a bigger ceremony coming up that you're going to be hosting, but who are you working with now? And now that you've really stepped into being the chocolate nurse Mm -hmm. um, and you work with people who don't necessarily drink cacao every session too, but who are you working with now? And what do you have upcoming that you're really excited about? Mm, Yes. Um, Yeah. It's interesting to see how, gradually chocolate makes its way into practice there are clients that we haven't gone there yet or we haven't um worked with chocolate and and yet i you know currently i'm working with a nurse coach who's trying to tap into the bigger things in life and healing a lot of uh religious traumas Mm. um some things i can relate to myself and really tapping into her place in the world and you know, we're just at that point where actually on our call today, I'm, I'm bringing up this medicine and I already have it in the mail for her and it's making its way over. And so it organically makes its way in, but I do work with clients one-on-one with chocolate too. And I, yeah, yeah I've worked in groups, um, group of mothers finding their, their purpose and, and finding out who they are outside of motherhood and, and, and bringing in self-love and, and, you know, chocolate is a really great medicine I teach from a paradigm of be do have not have do be we have to have money in order to 
um, you know, do all these things in life so I can be happy. Yeah. Um, I teach from that paradigm of who do I need to be in order to, and from that place, what would I naturally want to do? Mm-hmm. And by a byproduct, I'll just naturally have some nice things Yes, um, to reflect that. And so chocolate is that, you know, I really work with this be, do, have paradigm with uh, chocolate because it's such a, it induces such a state of being and it's a very receptive medicine. And it's, it's, it's not this, yeah, drink and go and, and do, do, do. It's just who do we need to be? What do we need to be hearing? Um, what do we need to connect with? And so, yeah, the clients I'm working with right now is just um, um, nurse coaches, um, as well as uh, uh, fathers who have really turned into, as they would uh, describe as like workaholics, helping Mm -hmm. them kind of slow down and trust uh, that they don't have to hide from their families and in their work and that they can heal a couple things about who they are so that they don't have to prove their self-worth by what they're able to bring in every, every week and month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Men and vulnerability with chocolate has just been such a fun um, container to really see what the medicine is able to do. And yeah, so mothers, um, men, uh, high achieving workaholics, mm-hmm. um, nurse coaches. I mean, it's really has such a universal ability to create a relationship with whoever, with wherever state yeah. stage that they're in. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see how versatile chocolate can be. What I love about your message too is, um, and a lot of new nurse coaches who are going to be listening to this are always like, what is my niche, my niche, my niche, 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 you know? And I know that even you and I have had calls about this, mm-hmm. like, but who do I help and what problem do I solve? And, and as I'm reading your bio, you know, I think we have your niche and it, maybe it feels broad, but it's a very specific way that you solve a very universal problem for lots of different types of people. And so I wanted to illustrate that your niche can sometimes be the way that you interact with other humans to solve a more universal problem. So what makes you super unique is it is, it's this more heart centered. It's not like this big strategy session. It's very much more, coming back to self, coming back to who you are, self-love, self-acceptance, self-forgiveness. Um, that's your niche. And the, and we have all sorts of people attracted to that. You have nurse coaches that you've helped and also helped start their business from that place. You are working with men. You've worked with mothers. Um, I just think it's this universal way that you solve problems, which mm. is what your niche is. And then chocolate's just this accelerant that you can choose to use and you're uniquely prepared to use it mm-hmm. uh, whenever you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to leave our listeners with about cacao in general? I know you're probably going to get people to reach out to you and go, how do I buy it? Where do I buy it? How do I make it? And yeah. you have a Facebook group for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you have any questions on chocolate, you can find me um, in our Facebook group. It's called Heal Your Heart with Chocolate. Mm-hmm. There's everything in there from I update it and I add to it constantly. Um, there's everything in there from where to find this chocolate, this specific type of chocolate, why this specific type of chocolate is um, effective. Yeah. How to, how to make it, um, some of the health properties around it, what's in it, um, ritual suggestions and ideas and you know how to work with intention with this chocolate. So. Yeah. It's a fun group, it's a fun space, um, events, online virtual events are also um, posted in there. Yeah. Um, now more of that to be coming um, after my in-person event in Florida, which I'm looking forward to, but there will be on another online virtual ceremony coming up. So awesome. yeah, I suggest you head on into that space, um, find where to find this chocolate. If this is speaking to you, order it so that we can um, all make it at home and drink in ceremony together whether your first time, it's nice to be in a guided space for that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've had nurse coaches, I've had clients come to your spaces, your online spaces. And I mean, everybody always gives me the feedback like, oh, that was so, I had no idea it was going to go there. It was such a deep transformative space. And um, so for those of you listening, who've listened to this 49 minute episode, which is a little longer than normal, but so 
just juicy and jam-packed and makes me want to go make a cup of cacao right now. Um, if you're curious, go to Sita's Facebook group, check it out. She'll be having virtual stuff, virtual ceremonies. It gives you instructions on how to purchase it. And if you want to be led deeper, she also, I, uh, do you still have room for one-on-one clients, Sita? Um, so I'm wrapping up. I still have room until the end of the year for one-on-one clients. And okay. if you're, you know, a motivated one-on-one client really wanting to use chocolate to heal some of these wounds, I, I can make space, but I will be um, launching some group programs um, Great. in a community space. There will be um, monthly online ceremonies working on different themes. There will be ceremonies uh, also led by my teachers um, in this group space and there'll be an amazing um, community uh, to be part of and in a small group format. It will start off awesome. small, uh, coming up in January. So I'm really excited about that. Wow. Um, yeah. I missed yeah. our mentorship. I missed our I coaching know. call. So that's, I, came I, missed up on one call. Yeah, I missed one call and now I'm like, what? What's yeah. happening? We're doing it finally. We're doing it yeah. guys. We're doing it. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Sita, I want to just thank you so much for coming today. And I also want to give you a very public apology for our first scheduled podcast that did not make it onto my calendar that I literally wasn't doing anything through while well, I was coaching. Actually, um, I got application calls booked during it was just coaching all day. And then I get a call like, hey, you stood me up for that podcast interview that I was preparing for. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for um, sharing how it made you feel, <laughs> being vulnerable about that, and also showing me where I can have some grace and forgiveness for myself when I am human and tech doesn't work the way I want it to work. <laughs> so thank you for that. And it's just funny what came up. It was like, oh, I guess I was really looking forward to this. So I was really <laughs> bummed when it didn't happen because I was kind of like just anticipating for yes oh, it's, it's like getting all dressed up for a date you're like i'm gonna do it i'm a little bit nervous i'm a little bit excited i'm all dressed up and then they just yeah. don't show and you're just like like <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to give you that public apology here because we haven't had a chance to, to be together since and yeah. i'm super excited for our community to listen to this and hopefully most likely this will begin a lot of people's journey with this beautiful plant medicine. Yeah. Um, and it just goes so well with nurse coaching. So yeah. Yeah. And it's yummy. It's and awesome. it's yummy. <laughs> it's so yummy. Healing can be yummy. I'm like, when I first found out, I'm like, wow, I can heal my heart with chocolate for sure. Sign me up. This stuff is great. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you, all right, guys. Well, we will have Sita's information in the podcast notes. You can get it there. Go ahead and check her out on her, at our Facebook group. If you are looking to start private practice and you're craving a dynamic, incredible group space, we have two programs available. Come to our Facebook group or check out our website. And we're just excited to see this industry and specialty keep growing in leaps and bounds. So have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next Monday. <laughs> <laughs>